Sonic underscore Gino, we are a pair of wrestling journalists like none others that are out there. What a week it has been since you and I have connected. There's been so much news, like news that even today I kind of like heard some stuff and I had to verify it and I couldn't verify it. I was actually doing the very minimal amount of investigative jur journalism that it takes to be a wrestling journalist. Uh, Gino, I guess I just want to start here because that's where everybody starts nowadays. CM Punk, what is happening? We all had assumed like it was a foregone conclusion. He was coming back to All Elite Wrestling. Tony Khan and him had worked out some sort of deal where he was going to come back and he was going to be the star of AEW Collision. And now I'm hearing reports that like Tony Khan's threatening to sue CM Punk. I'm hearing that CM Punk wants more money because he saw the ticket sales for Collision were shit. Uh, so I know you've been on the phone all day with media outlets across the nation. What have you heard and what do you think is happening? Uh, the biggest part of the news that I've heard that I believe more than anything is the whole Ace Steel bit of drama that we have this information about. That Ace Steel was hired in April to work with AW Steel, so he did get fired during the Brock. It's rehired. He's working there. They want to have him be there for collision with CM Punk. Then all of a sudden, because of legal reasons or because of the elite, we don't know entirely who did it. If it was Mega or the elite just being in like, no, we don't want him in anywhere near us, even in the show that we're creating to separate him from everything. They then fire a steal. So CM Punk's getting frustrated that his boy that he wanted and was made sure by Toy Con that we're going to have him here is no longer there. That's what I believe is the more reasonable thing of why CM Punk is frustrated is the Ace Steel drama that we know existed. Yeah, so, so and how did that happen? How did Malachi they... Black says, why does Gino have a condom on his head? That is his hoodie, okay? He is uncut tonight. He's got his hoodie on. He's got his Bullet Club. Is that for, for ABC or are you Bullet Club Gold? The real Bullet Club because Taiji Shimori did get hurt during the best of Super Juniors or his best Super Juniors right now. So it's sad that he did get hurt. So I had to represent him with my Taiji Shimori Bone Soldier Bullet Club hoodie. Good. <laughs> okay, good, Chino. I didn't know that Ty Jamora was doing something, but I'm glad that you knew uh, that he was. So, yes. Um, so, what, what is the, so the Ace Steel thing is kind of the most intriguing part in all of this, at least from like a from like a a conspiracy theory perspective, right? Because it seemed like it was a done deal. Like, oh, CM Punk's coming back. He said that he wants to come back, and now here we are, like, what seemingly what weeks away from when it was supposed he to take me, place. Says, Look at this hooded fat fucking dickhead. The hoodie doesn't hide the fat at all, Gino. That's not what he's trying to do, and I know that, Gino. I'm with you on that. So, like, that's kind of. And Eric, so Wrestling Inc. had a, had a good story about this. This is Aaron where Aaron says, "I like the hood, Gino." So AEW's refusal to rehire Ace Steel is a sticking point hindering CM Punk's AEW Collision debut. Eric Bischoff believes that Punk is not worth all of this drama, addressing the reports that on his Strictly Business podcast, Hearts Made in Japan says you look very handsome, Gino. Bischoff called out AEW CEO Tony Khan for allowing Punk to dictate the future of AEW's new Saturday show. So kind of like you're saying, like, they really built this show around, hey, CM Punk isn't getting along with the Wednesday crew. Let's create a Saturday brand, get him his own little island that he can go live on and hang out with Ace Steel and go hang out with FTR to a Saturday show. Why not? Like, that worked in Dallas here for many years. You can do Saturday Night Wrestling. We've seen it work. Velocity was awesome. And, yeah, I'm, I'm reading this story, and... You do. It does feel as though Tony Khan had no plans other than Punk is going to be the Saturday show. And now that Punk is kind of out, 
Tony Khan looks like kind of an asshole and kind of an idiot for letting it get this far. Especially with him knowing that he hired Ace Steel before, and we now know as soon as since April he's been hired, and there was no issues. And then all of a sudden, as we're getting closer to collision, we're like, nope, Ace Steel, we have to fire him because we had that issue where he bit Kenny, and he, they just don't want to forgive him and move on and realize that we had this whole new product just so he could be separate from them. We're like, nope. We just don't want to, or Mega could just be a part because I don't know who, if I could trust Mega anymore. What she has to be as part of the legal team, I don't know if I could trust. His name is Kenny Omega. Says. Stop calling him a female and stop calling him Mega. Okay, it's Kenny Omega, and he's the star of the video game. Gino, I kind of agree with Eric Bischoff though, because I agree with what you're saying. Like, let's just put bygones be bygones and do business. Like, I understand what you're trying to say, but also from a business perspective, thank you, Jr. Ramrod. From a business perspective, are we really we? So they don't have to do this two hour, this additional two hour show. Why not make Rampage better? Like, there's other things we could have done besides this. Like this, this is a completely a not necessary idea. Like, how long did it take WWE before they did their second show? I mean, that was five years. Like Monday Night, and even years and years of business and television before that. You know, Monday Night Raw debuted in what ninety three or ninety four, and then you get uh, SmackDown in ninety nine. That was five years, but also there had been Wrestling Challenge, there had been Superstars, there was all these other television shows that these guys did. So, isn't it premature to okay? Rampage was a good idea. It's obviously not working because it's not live, and it, nobody they they try and book it in an interesting way, but they can't really fill out this card that they're trying to. This card, you know, they can't do these three hours. So, and I went to I went to a taping. It is fun, like Dynamite's electric, and then you kind of sit around for a half hour and wait for the Rampage taping, and then it opened with a kick-ass match. Mox and Guevara had a silly cornet match that he probably hated. Fucking kicking out of every fucking move. Why would you get up from a Spanish fly off the top rope? A move that doesn't make fucking sense anyway. Why are you getting up immediately and then winning with a fucking DDT? It's stupid. It was a great match. So he hated that. But then you're sitting there like FTR cutting a promo. Like, okay, this show sucks. So why would they then decide, let's do another two hours? That's the remedy for all of the issues here. Isn't that what killed WCW trying to do too much content when your other content's not very good? Well, I think they realized that we have a lot of superstars seem to have heat with other people backstage. So we're like, okay, we have like over 100 people signed. We can finally use them. We're using people right now in Ring of Honor. They're doing their taped shows, and it's doing decent, not as well as they probably hoped for. So they're like, okay, Saturday wrestling. Let's see if this will work because maybe we can create something with our stars that we don't use that even are surprised that they're finally getting used after all this time. The Ring of Honor point is so... unspoken in this whole thing they already have another brand like they already have another show that none of us are watching like they should have been like ring of honor isn't even promoted on aew really like they have guys come out with belts but they never say like does jim ross on rampage like get you ready for so this week on ring of honor we're gonna have wheeler yuda he's gonna have a match like what did they don't talk about it ever they do 
Oh, no, I lost Gino for a moment. The internet has been in and out. We do have thunderstorms again. That's the only time I watch so I give no good matches. Okay, thank you, Gino. Sorry, I was addressing the podcast audience. Uh, the, the, there's some thunderstorms again. I live in Texas. There's a fucking thunderstorm every couple minutes. So, unfortunately, we didn't get your whole answer there. We lost connection for just a brief second. But you were saying you kind of watch Ring of Honor, right? Like, when there's something interesting on, like kind of like when I watch MLW, like, oh, I want to see this one thing. You'll check it out. But for the most part, you're not really watching Ring of Honor. Not as much as I probably would want to because they do have a lot of great talent. They have the Kingdom. They have the Righteous. We have fucking Zack Sabre Jr. and Samoa Joe having this program right now since we're fig- figuring out who is going to be the real king of television because he is Zack Sabre Jr. is still the strong television champion and Joe is the Ring of Honor TV title. So hopefully... We could have an amazing kick-ass match with these two in the near future. Oh, that sounds awful. Can you imagine that? Watching something with Zack Sabre Jr. on it on purpose? So, okay, great. Well, outside of all of that, having a show that's exclusively booked for CM Punk and then not making sure that he's actually going to be on it, not having the contract in place, Bischoff is right. Like, how do you let this guy hold you over the barrel this much? Like, how do you have him... Like, how do you have him there? I think it's just an issue with Tony God still being new to the whole business. So he's like, okay, this is my prize goose. It's my Hogan. All right, look, I got a stool here. So next time there's that sound, I'll be, you could see more of the dancing. Thank you so much. We are a wrestling journalist. Thank you, JR Ramrod, for such a spell. So I don't know. I, I look at this whole thing. And like they, so here's here's our best friend Eric Bischoff. They bring him back and make him the focal point of an entirely new show, but he decides to wet the bed because his confidant isn't allowed at the venue. Bischoff said of Punk, "Who cares? Let let Punk pay him. He's making five million dollars a year or more than that. Let Punk pay him. Isn't that an idea? Like let's just hey, you want a still here? He's on your payroll. Then we're not going to be paying him out of our money. We pay you enough money. That's that's your problem now." I mean, that's a smart idea, but I don't think they would allow anything like that, especially with how, again, who knows what legal situation is really going on since the brawl. We don't know any information about the legal proceedings and what is and is not okay with what they have set up. Mega is not telling us anything because she doesn't want to tell us the truth because she has her bias because she's friends with the elite. She just wants to be buddy-buddy and make them all happy. But isn't she also kind of right for doing so? Like Kind of what I've been saying this entire time. There would be no AEW without the Elite. I mean, that's a fact, right? This was kind of their idea. They put on All In. They bootstrapped that whole thing together. Luckily, there was a rich guy at the venue that day. So they kind of created this All Elite Wrestling. Tony Khan got involved. Uh, Mega gets involved. So they have this core group, right, including Cody. There's this group that's already built this product, that's built this brand. And now here's this guy who shows up who – in his promo, as much as we all loved his presser. I uh, See, I, it's got to be faster. You're right, you know. I got to figure that out. Um, but in his presser, he says, like, these guys are running this, like, like we're in a fucking building in Reseda. Like, he's talking shit about what they've built. And it does show, like, you know what? Fuck you, guy. You don't need to be here then. Now, I do agree, like, he probably, them announcing the Saturday show and the rumors of him being the main star of it, that's going to hurt them in the long run if he doesn't if he's not the main star why wouldn't they like you know like all 
all of us fans think he's going to be there. Kevin thought he was going to be there on Wednesday. Like everyone keeps thinking he's coming. So whenever he doesn't show up, it is hurting the product a little bit. People want to see this guy, but this guy is a piece of shit. He does. He does look at the young bucks as a joke for a guy who hated John Cena and, and Vince McMahon. He wants to run AEW like it's his own WWE. And I do feel like he has good ideas because maybe a part of me was hoping that we could do all this and be like, he could switch this over, make it into like all the brawl out stuff as a work, setting up for a big prog with CM Punk, FTR versus Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny, which we could do. They could still set that up. And I feel like we're going to have that in the future if we can actually get people to get along, realize we do this for business and be as business partners and make this make a lot more money than we ever thought we could make out of this fucking indie show. So. I feel like CM Punk has to show up, but if he doesn't, it's going to be the worst thing ever. That's why we have to wait till the last minute tomorrow night where Tony Khan announces that they're going to be at Daly's place and we're not getting CM Punk. Are you going to be... Okay, aren't you romanticizing a little bit here? CM Punk would come back and make it a work. Like, would he? He might not. Like, that's just us assuming. What if the Young Bucks are like, like Phil, you have to come... People think people want us to use this in a storyline. What if we put you on the Saturday show and you can call us out and call us cowards for putting you on Saturday? And then when we get to all out in fucking Belfast or whatever, Wembley, we're going to tear this shit up and it's going to be so awesome. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I want to work with Darby. Like, like maybe he's the one who doesn't. Maybe I want me and Ace to win the tag titles. Me and Ace, me and Ace and FTR, two year feud. Like, maybe that's what. That maybe that's their priority, or his priority. It at could least. be his priority, even though he has said he would love to just work FTR for like ages and just do that for the rest of his life. So maybe deep down, that's all he wants. That's maybe what Collision will end up being is us getting FTR versus CM Punk. I hope it's Triple H wrestling the broomstick again. I could wrestle a broomstick for two hours. Uh, Bischoff says that CM Punk is worse than Hulk Hogan. So all these hardcore fans. Uh, and Punk himself are so anti-Hogan because they think he's selfish and whatnot. Punk is way worse. Uh, there's no clear meaning of the minds here. Uh, if legal issues have not been cleared up and yet we're moving forward with this big announcement, uh, that is a total abject failure on the part of the business side of AEW and, quite frankly, TBS. Did they check what was going on? They were certainly aware of all this drama and legal issues. With or without Punk, so this is no longer his quote, with or without Punk, AEW is set to air Collision every Saturday night starting June 17th. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, Gino, you've heard of this, AEW has a backup plan in place. In the event that the issue with Punk and Seal are not resolved, while the preliminary promotion material for the show features the likes of Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, Miro, Powerhouse Hobbs, Andrade, Punk was originally slated to be advertised uh, at the WBD upfronts per personal report. So they were planning, like when they're meeting with Warner Brothers Media and TBS, like CM Punk will be on this show. And now they're going to have egg in their face when that doesn't happen. They will have egg in their face if it doesn't happen. But that's why I hope it does happen. Even though they have this backup plan in place being Daly's place is what Dave reported on. And it's possible that's not true, but it's what Dave heard, what Dave's gotten information out of. But he's not being able to like, tell us who was from. He just says a source says he does have Daly's place in mind. And that today is D-Day where CM Punk makes that decision whether or not he's going to be there. Or not. So we're going to see Wednesday what that choice really is. What would your backup plan be? kind of be because other than other than the venue like what would you do to pop a rating because i know that we hate these and we've been talking about them every single week since it happened but why not do some sort of a draft why not do 
like this, you know, we have this guy coming in to manage this show and this show is going to be creatively different on this side because of this. Like, why not try and do something like that? You know, like there, we could at least try it. You know what I mean? Like, I know that it sounds like such a WWE knockoff. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do it. Like, no, we're not going to have a fucking draft. Okay. I'm just going to announce Miro's on this show. Okay. But it almost would be like, what if the elite had a show and then uh, somebody who not, I can't be CM Punk, but what if Don Callis who just broke up with the elite, what if he now has another show or something? Because I don't know, like just your only plan is CM Punk's return. If you don't get that, you have to give us something else. Like you have to give us something major. What else could there be? A draft would be cool. Maybe a blood and guts, like do blood and guts that night. What is there going to be that's like, oh, this show's just as important as Dynamite? All right, so here's what they do. Since it's going to be like, this is post-pay-per-view, it's going to be post-double or nothing, so we already had that happen. MJF is still going to be champion. We hear cult personality. CM Punk comes out. Uh, not CM Punk. MJF comes out with a championship. <laughs> we hear cult personality. We have him have cult personality coming out there like he did a revolution with cult personality. Have the crowd boo him incredibly more because it's going to still be like months before fucking uh, Wembley so there's still a chance that maybe they could try to work something out with CM Punk so this could set up MJF CM Punk so have him do a scathing pro about this piece of shit who chose not to come back here and all this stuff like just scathing just trying to tear down CM Punk live for the first 20 minutes with MJF on the mic and what do you think about so is CM Punk really the only reason um, like because these collision tickets they release like the numbers like it's really flopping like they're really shocked by how few tickets they're selling and this really is what sparked a lot of this drama that tony khan might sue cm punk because not only are you telling tbs we're gonna have another two-hour show you're also going to these venues telling them you're gonna sell tickets and now here you are uh the so dave Meltzer, uh our, one of our he's on he's on staff here he says uh, that the Newark, New Jersey show on July 22nd has reportedly moved somewhere from 3,500 tickets with Toronto, Canada on June 24th selling around 1,600 for the show that takes place one day before Forbidden Door, which you'd assume like, hey, we're building towards Forbidden Door. People are, are going to want to go to the show. And then the company is holding a taping on Thursday, June 29th, and that, is, that show has only sold 600 tickets. That is very concerning to me that 600 tickets for – I'm assuming their goal is to always sell around 4,000, right? Like when I go to the, that venue, the Curtis Colwell Center in, in Garland, that's not a very big venue. But to hear 600, that's that's low. That's that's a blood hunter killing a referee attendance. It is really well just how low it can go, especially like them going around that northeast area where New York, where we had that big moment being the whole uh, Grand Slam or where it was. In uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, we had these big moments that like, get sold really well. Now it's like, nope, you're not getting any moments because people want CM Punk. People want things to change and be out of this stupid storylines that we're in right now that it seems like just never going to end. Oh, I thought we were going to keep talking. What stupid storyline? You mean the, the MJF stuff? Right now, the pillar stuff because we haven't been building anyone in the pillars at all incredibly well. We had Jungle Boy having to roll up Roosh after Roosh was just completely destroying him and grabbing the tights to be like, oh, he's a credible threat to MJF. No one is. They've been doing a terrible job booking all these potential he hate me, champions. Says, Did Gino do their marketing? Champ. How come I Dutch a failure? Yeah, like I, I, and, and here uh, TK says that. Uh, the Hamilton venue seats 17,000. So, but I went to Curtis Colwell. Obviously, when you're setting up a stage, you don't have. Put that shit on. 
you don't have the entire venue to work with, the entire space to work with. Um, like Staples Center seats, what, like 20,000? And when you go there, they only do like 10,000 for their, for WWE. So, like, I get it, but it just seems like such a small fucking number. And for these guys who, yeah, Arthur Ashe, 20,000, and then they go to they go to this part of the country thinking like, okay, this is where we're going to do our best business. Because Arthur Ashe, them getting 20,000, that is shocking to me. Because when I go to the Dallas show, there's not that many people there. So I'm wondering, are those people, are they just bigger in like the Northeast? Like, because the South, we love our wrestling. And you would think that there'd be more of us. Like when, when WWE's in town, that shit is hard to get a ticket to. So is it just, is it just AEW? Is there just the stink on it? Like what? They're just not there or what? I guess AEW's just not as well as they thought they were going to go, especially with CM Punk and all the issues, like he being their biggest star, and now they haven't really been able to create a big star up to his level besides MJF. He's the closest thing, because we keep on putting people up to, like, oh, championship contention. We have, like, Brian Danielson, who just gets buried and buried and buried when he gets a championship opportunity, lose to Hangman twice, because we're like, we have to try and make Hangman look as strong as possible, so have him beat Brian Danielson, and have Brian Danielson lose to MJF, because that's going to help everyone else but Brian Danielson, and make him not credible, make him just an absolute nobody, because we don't care about anyone except for the people trying to push at this moment, because we don't try to book and build other stars. Well, kind of what you said about the Hangman thing, we have a star in Hangman, and what they did with him was they put him in this lengthy ass mox feud that nobody wanted. Like, where did that come from? Like, let's have two baby faces feud for a year. Like, that never works. Like, the baby face, baby face match is brilliant when it's like a one off, when it's just that one moment in time where uh, this guy won the Royal Rumble, this guy's the champion. That's why they have to fight. It just makes sense. Baby face, baby face. Let's do it. And I think with AEW, they're just missing, they're completely missing the. The point, if I can use that, where we we really enjoyed Hangman Page. We really enjoy, I really enjoyed Mox. I know you guys are all going to pretend that he sucks. But I enjoy both of these characters and I enjoy their work. But when you're mashing them together for so long and you think like the storyline's over and then it keeps going and now we got... And you know what? I'm convinced. I don't like heel Brian Danielson. It kind of hit me today. Like, remember, remember WWE? Fickle! 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 Like, remember how shitty he was? He was sleeping in his hyperbaric chamber. Like, I hated the fucking planet's champion. This is Bessie. And she was a milk cow. Like, nobody likes heel Brian Danielson because at the end of the day, he looks like a fucking cruiserweight on crack. So I, I kind of just like babyface Daniel Bryan trying to defeat these guys that are way bigger than him. That storyline always worked. Remember heel Daniel Bryan versus Brock? Who the fuck thought Brian was going to win? So, like, at least if he's a baby face, I'm like, come on! Come on! Like, I, I, I'm rooting for him in a good way. So, I I think they've kind of ruined that character. The, the, the whole BCC is such a fucking... Once Wheeler Yuta touched fuck it... fuck you, Vleeties, heel D, Bry rules. Once Vleety... Or once Vleeties. Once Wheeler Yuta touched it, he ruined the BCC. Like, that thing is such a joke now because he always... He's got, like, puff his chest out syndrome. Like, I'm tough. Look at me. Like, no, you're not, bro. You're like, you're not. So, um, I think there's a lot of issues that AEW has right now. And maybe you're right with this whole fatal four way. A lot of what the big problem is, 
is you when you're trying to kind of rush push three guys, no one's really getting. Aaron Mylon says Wheeler Yuta is there to job. Like I kind of wish it was just one on one with Jungle Boy. Like at least have Jungle Boy have some really big wins on the road up to it or something, and make it look like he has a chance. Because right now they're just trying to live off of the pillar reference that MJF dropped many months ago, many years ago, and then they're building off of. Well, these three guys are going to make sure that MJF doesn't leave with the belt. Like ultimately, the storyline is very, very great for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, they didn't know what they're doing with these guys. But one thing I did want to like bring up really quickly, since we were kind of on the topic of like how AEW just doesn't know what they're doing. We had just last Wednesday. We they were in Texas, they were in Houston, they were in some guy's second hometown, Austin. They and the Austin. guy who was there in his second hometown. Loses by DQ, and that's what we get to be happy about is that he chose to get himself disqualified in his hometown, and that's a good call from Tony Khan. That just shows like that's not what we want to see Ricky Starks win a match at his hometown. You don't want to be like WWE, but they constantly are slowly turning into Vince be like the hometown guy has to lose somehow. So have him lose by DQ because he just wants to hurt this guy, even though he's losing the wrestling match and not getting the winner's purse. He's a loser. It's the ultimate sympathy to lose in front of your family. Like, yeah, that's exactly what they're going for. Now the DQ is kind of, that's even a worse way. Like, I would. I almost like Vince McMahon's. Hey, Rey Mysterio, you lose in San Diego. That's that's what happens. Hey, Brett, you lose in Montreal. Like I, I I'm okay with that. I think that makes sense. But to not even just do that, because yeah, Vince is right in a lot of aspects. Like, what better way to gain sympathy than losing in front of your mom and dad and shit? Like, oh man, like poor Ricky lost to Jay White in his hometown. But here we are looking at a DQ where it's like he willingly hit the guy with a chair. It's like are his his fans in the crowd supposed to be like, yeah, Ricky, hit him again. It's like, no, he did lose the match. And Jay White got – and where wins and losses apparently matter in this company, Jay White is the one that got the win. So – and why even – why have that match announced then? Why announce it for Austin? Why not save that for where we're going to get the rematch, a double or nothing? Why, why try and just have that? Is it because they were worried they didn't have any matches booked on that Dynamite? Because having that match go second to last and the main event be Don Callis, really, yeah, you're right. Like in Austin, Ricky's adopted hometown. Like, okay, this is great, great for him. Maybe he does just win the match clean and then get his ass kicked afterwards and that sets up the rematch. But no, he gets DQ'd, so now he's getting a rematch I'm assuming anyway, like we have the card, right? I'm sure Kevin and I, well, so we have three things to pick, right? This is going to be a very busy weekend. Oh, I think double and other not to like next week. Oh, right? thank you. We have the two right now for here. We have under siege and night champions. We do have a little bit of time before double and nothing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, thank God. Because yeah, let's, when is that? When is AEW double or nothing 2023? I'm using the DuckDuckGo search, so I really have to put all of that shit. Yeah, May 28th, which is uh, Sunday, right? Isn't that Sunday? That's Sunday. Yeah, today's the 23rd. Gino, this is happening this oh, fucking dude. weekend. So this weekend, there is Night of Champions, there is Double or Nothing, and there is Under Siege. This is every promotion is going mono, imano, imano. What's GCW been up to? Are they wrestling still? Uh, they are still wrestling, but I don't think they – none of these shows would be – actually, no, they probably would be there for uh, Double or Nothing. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to be doing some shows that Friday and Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. Ethan Page and the Guns and a six-man tag against Isaiah Cassidy and the Hardy Boys? Where did this come from? Is this is this on purpose? 
We have to keep building up the firm versus the Hardy party, but now Ethan Page has guns with him to help him. When have we been building that up, though? That's not been on TV. That, I guess that's on Rampage, right? That was the deletion one. Yes, we did have the firm deletion, but Ethan Page was able to survive everything, and he now has the guns with him to support him to try to beat the Hardy party. Oh, my God. That sounds awful. So, I mean, I'm looking at this card. I know Kevin and I are going to pick it. Wow, are Kevin and I going to pick this and WWE tomorrow? So... Uh, MJF is taking the fatal four-way, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. We have the tag titles on the line, FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. We have the TNT title in a ladder match, Christian Cage and Wardlow. We have the 21-man battle royal for the AEW international title, Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. This, like, I, like all of these matches make sense. They've been building to these, right? But just reading that those first two, like, we are missing – it feels like we're missing a lot of star power. And I guess Anarchy in the Arena is really where they're hiding the star power. And I and I keep guessing. Uh, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho is supposedly a main event, right? Like, that's, that's a big deal for them to get that match because we've never had that before, I don't think. So, sure, that's a – that's a big match, but it, it, this this event is just lacking like those really big fight feel, like one on one Hangman versus fucking Claudio or something. I don't know anything else that, other than what we're getting. It is missing a lot. Like we don't know any one of the twenty one participants besides Orange Cast for his title match. We know that most likely the Joker, whoever is going to be the big signing, is that will end up pinning and winning the title from Orange Cassidy because Orange can only win normal one-on-one matches, not a big battle world. He's not going to be able to do it. But then, like, Jeff Jarrett's tag team match. Yeah. And their whole build-up being like, oh, Karen Jarrett's back. The only way I could see this match go any good in any positive way since we have Mark Briscoe as the referee, we need Dixie Carter to get involved and help Jeff Jarrett. Parts Made in Japan match. says, hear me out. Maybe wrestling is just really gay and it's time for all of us to grow She's up. She's wrong. Don't listen to Regino. Well, here, here's the problem with, with what you just said. Is it about Karen Jarrett being back? Because this whole storyline has been, we're friends with Jay Lee or with, with Mark Briscoe. No, we're friends with Mark Briscoe. Like, that's what I thought this storyline was. The Karen Jarrett thing was just kind of thrown in last week because she's back. But that that's really what I've seen as far as this rivalry goes is uh, like we're fighting over Mark Briscoe. So now Mark Briscoe as the referee is going to have to make a decision. The only problem with it is I, I think I said this when it started. This company was supposed to be built on like we're a tag team company. We're going to have the best tag teams in wrestling. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal didn't work at this place a year ago, and now they're getting tag title shots, and I don't really remember them being a tag team. And let's not forget, FTR just won these this belt from the guns. Like, the acclaimed... Aaron Mylung says, fuck CM Punk, thank God Karen Jarrett is back. Why did we... Like, the acclaimed, we just moved on so fast from that. And they were... the like Because other than... Like, Keith Lee and Swerve weren't really a tag team. And what happened to those guys? Remember Swerve was a character on this show? Like he could have been built up as a main eventer. We could, we don't even have him on this card. He's probably in that stupid battle royal. He's probably going to be the international champion. So I don't know. I'm looking at this card. It's just lacking so much. And yeah, the fatal four way feels like for it's for a minor title. And then the tag match feels like it shouldn't even be for the tag belts. Like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, stop telling. Is it because they beat or because they lost to Ric Flair? Why? 
It's probably because they were in Ric Flair's last match. We have to make this a credible tag team and having them beat FTR because Karen Jarrett will make herself the official referee at the end of the match to count the three for Jeff Jarrett to win his tag team goal with his buddy Jay Lethal. It's going to be a great TNA moment that I'm excited for. Great TNA spots all around. Yeah, Ref bump, guitar shot. Right, yeah, there's going to be a, a, fucking, a ref pile driver when one of the guys is blinded. Um, and yeah, this, this whole thing is really flat to me, but you know, what isn't flat impact wrestling. I hate to be that guy. I maybe cause the, like I say, the expectations might be lower. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why we enjoy that show so much. We really like, I don't, I, I watch it and I just have fun. Like it, so much of the, when Brian Myers came out with the good hands, I was like, yes, yes. I was like, I was loving it. And I bet if it was on impact or if it was on dynamite rather, and like that was happening it probably wouldn't you know i probably would hate it but the fact that it was on my little impact like i loved it so we have our card here gino are you ready you've been watching impact you know what's going on i am i was waiting to talk about this especially with you knowing like we basically have a new version of the learning tree with the good hands least touch being right there with our favorite wrestler the most professional wrestler brian myers the new learning tree 2.0 I really am waiting for them to pull the trigger on him as world champ. I know it's never going to happen. Uh, Matt Cardona reportedly done with Impact Wrestling. We are wrestling journalists. He hasn't been on TV in a while. It looks like his contract is finally expired. I don't know if he was hurt or what they were. Maybe they're trying to find out how to write him off because, you know, they do. They always do something fun like this person died and Eric Young's gone or Chelsea Green's like, go on home. And she goes to Raw. You know, they always kind of write you off. Ethan Page gets his heart ripped out by Karate Man. Like, everybody has kind of a way to leave Impact, but it, maybe they're uh, getting arrested, which was the best segment I ever <laughs> thought of when Tom and Jerry was, like, telling us she could be going up to New yeah. York or Florida. She's either going to the New York Maximum State Penitentiary or to Florida. Like It was kind of like the, the – or Jacksonville. Like Those were kind of the, the two. Um, but – this card actually looks pretty good. Like I'm excited for this show. Subculture's back. That's huge for for me and you. I think um, Nick Aldis is having a match. So moving on from our last event, which was very good, right? Like I, I think we all agree, Sacrifice was was awesome. And then moving into this show, it just continues to be like, wow, this they have so much momentum. These characters are great. I hate Trey Miguel still, but maybe I'm supposed to. So like, how funny is him sitting in the ring, like? I'm going to wait. I'll hold the show hostage. And he's like laying there. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is a weird show. Um, Trinity had Trinity had a match. He's fighting Giselle Shaw. So let's go down this card. Gino, are you ready? I am absolutely ready. It's going to be an amazing card. I'm excited to see this instead of the shitty go home show of the SmackDown. Dude, no, I was, I thought you were going to say, I'm excited to watch this instead of the shitty impact go home show. I was like, what? Slow down, Gino. Yeah, SmackDown go-home shows are really just kind of commercials. Even this past Raw was just like, earlier tonight, Cody Rhodes got attacked. Earlier tonight, Cody Rhodes got attacked. Earlier tonight, Cody Rhodes got attacked. Like, I, I, I know watching Hulu Raw, they still show you a lot of that, but I can only imagine three-hour Raw was pretty much just you guys watching Cody and Brock getting beat up the whole night. Like, that was – or Cody beating – or getting beat up by Brock. That had to be the only thing they talked about the entire show because there was so much of it on Hulu. It's like, I fucking got it. I saw it. This is the short version. This is supposed to be the highlights. Just tell me who else Who else was there. 
Um, terrible, terrible Hulu Raw. Probably a great three-hour Raw, though, Gino. Um, let's go from from nine. Or let's go with the the pre-show. Uh, it's been announced for uh, PT. Is, is it called PTI? Um, Joe Hendry is defending his title against Dirty Dangle. I'm glad that the digital media championship is back exclusively on digital media platforms. No pay-per-views are allowed. He hate me says earlier tonight. Gino put on a hoodie and he looks like a fat idiot. Gino, don't listen to that guy. That he don't listen. Um, Joe Hendry, Dirty Dango. This has been months in the making. Dirty Dango was a fan of Joe Hendry, and it's everything's changed, you know. So, who's winning this belt? And I feel Joe Hendry's still going to win this belt because these were two of the bestest friends. They're best friends together. Now they don't know what they're doing. They have this big fight that's going to end with Joe Hendry being on top. We're going to find out who attacked Santino, which will end up being Dirty Dango. Are, are they? They're really getting Joe Hendry ready for that, right? Like, he's going to be at Bound for Glory, possibly challenging for the Impact World Champion. They see him as he's, – he's got a body. They can use him. He, he can talk. He's kind of funny. They see him as a main event player, right? Or at least that's what I kind of gather from the amount of TV time, the way he is being used. He's going to be a world champion for that company someday, is his is this is he going to be like the guy that uses the digital media championship to get him to that level? I feel he's going to use that digital media championship and the call your shot gauntlet victory that he's going to have about for glory to be able to escalate him to that top echelon to be a world champion. I think he's going to win the bound for glory series. Are they bringing that back? So let's go from nine to two, Gino, because that's how Wikipedia works. Okay, so we have the Impact World Tag Team Championships, uh, ABC. Uh, Ace Ace and Bay Club. Is that what it stands for? Ace and Bay Club? Is that what they were calling it? So the Bullet Club. They're defending their titles against former NXT UK tag team champions. Subculture, Mark Andrews, Flash Gordon, Webster, or more Flash Morgan Webster with Dan, Danny Luna. Hopefully they come out. Do they come out in the black and white? I, I missed their, their spot on Impact this week. Do they show the black and white? They did show black and white, and I'm just glad that after all these years, you and me were through the trenches for a while watching Impact, knowing how good Mandrews is, and I'm glad we get Mandrews back one more time. It's going to be great Oh, my gosh. It. What was his band name? Didn't he have a band, Junior? Wasn't it Junior was his band name? I can't remember. They had a, they had a song that I really liked. It was probably his entrance song that I'm thinking about it. What was the name of that song? Fall to Pieces. That was right. Gino, what a song, right? You, I think we've played it a hundred fucking times, but, dude. Do you remember the song? I do remember this song. It's oh, a great song. Fast forwarding. Needs to be fast forwarding to when he actually starts when they start singing. That's Mark Andrews singing, Gino. Okay, so um, having said all this, Bullet Club's winning, right? Bullet Club is winning, even though Mandrews should be. Hopefully, he's going to reside with Impact, just be 
Madras again because Madras was over as hell. I love that Madras. Oh yeah, well I liked this team. I really enjoyed this team uh, in NXT when they, when they won that match in Belfast. Oh, in Belfast? Yeah, Bel- no Wales. Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff. They were in Cardiff when they won the tag belts there. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that match. Um, and yeah, it's kind of cool to see these guys back as a tag team because it has been years since I've even known what they were up to. I know when NXT UK folded, it was like, where are these guys going to go? Glad that it's Impact Wrestling. That's perfect for them. Um, and yeah, Mandrews being back is huge and much better than him being like the sixth guy in the in the X Division match. So I'm excited to have him here. But they're going to lose. There's too much behind Bullet Club right now. I think Impact likes playing that music. I think they like them with the belts. They're trying to build these guys up as a legitimate, like one of the best tag teams in Impact history. And that's why maybe with that build up, and we're still like wondering when Josh Alexander's gonna come back, and we don't know if Ethan Page is gonna still stay with AEW one day. <laughs> maybe we're gonna set up for the North versus the ABC and have the greatest tag team match we've ever seen. What? Who do you? So. Uh, Chris Saban on Impact was saying that he's half of one of the uh, of the greatest tag team, not one of. He said, well, "I'm half of one of the greatest tag teams in history." Or I'm not even. I keep saying it wrong because I'm saying it the way he should have said it. I'm half of the greatest tag team in history. They've won the belts because then even Tom Hannafin's like they're three time champions. Like three times compared to some of these other teams is not that much. Cumulative days held is not very high compared to some of these other teams. Didn't that annoy you kind of when he said that? Like, I love the Motor City Machine Guns. I think they are one of the best. I think that if Alex Shelley didn't leave a couple years ago to go dick around in MLW and lose in the Opera Cup, I think we would have had some more good years of Bullet Club, or Bullet Club, Motor City Machine Gun Club. But now, having him, hearing him say that, I was like, you guys only have team for like maybe six years. Now, Lock High Black says beer money yeah, is better. Yeah, beer money is better. Well, here's the thing. I think what he really meant is he's one half of the greatest tag team of all time, that being Beer Guns. He understands that Beer Guns is the greatest tag team Impact's ever had, and we need to have the reformation of Beer Guns since we don't know what James Storm is. Isn't he in, is he back in NWA? I have no idea what's going on what, What's going on there. But, yeah, I was annoyed. I was right. I got worked. He fucking got me. I was mad. So are you serious, Chris Saban? I fucking hate you now. So uh, Kenny King taking on Nick Oldis, mate. Uh, this is kind of like the first, like, hey, Nick Aldis is getting his feet wet with impact again. Kenny King seems to be the guy, right? Hey, have Kenny King lose, <laughs> whether it's Mike Bailey. Whether... Aaron My Lungs says Bromans are better. Well, well yeah, duh. Um, PCO, like, you, you, need Kenny, you need somebody to win, put Kenny King in there. Nick Aldis wins, right? Kingston Cloverleaf for a roll-up. Nick Aldis is obviously going to win with the Cloverleaf. It's going to be a big win for him because Kenny King, he's trying his best to keep On No More alive. He's going to wear On No More shirt. Well, Eddie Edwards comes out to On No More theme song. They're trying to keep it alive and have him be the job guy because On No More is dead. Well, and they can't have Eddie come out to his old song because that song's too much of a babyface song. You know, I am the fire. Like, there's no way. You can't do that anymore. That song rocks. Um Trinity is making her pay-per-view debut or premium live event debut. This isn't a pay-per-view debut. She's taking on Giselle Shaw. JV Dahl cut one of the worst promos in wrestling history the other night. Um, Trinity wins, obviously, right? Like, because I know that Giselle has like Jay in her corner, Savannah Evans, and it seems like there was a lot behind her a mere month ago, right? But has all of that gone away? Are we back to just Giselle being kind of a, an extra person on the brand? 
I feel would be the smartest idea they could do right now is have Jay Vidal and at least Savannah. Savannah needs to get involved, cost Trinity the match, because she did have her big singles win against Kylan King just last night. We, so we already had a big win for her. She could lose now and lose to Giselle Shaw because of interference and needing that, realize that Trinity needs help in this company is a big moment that could then set up for the big moment of her and Mercedes or something else happening in the near future for her going after the tag titles and not the singles title that hopefully they make the right decision. <laughs> well, uh, T-Con in the chat, what are some tire workouts? Dude, just get a tire and a sledgehammer for real. You could bang on it. Uh, when I did, I did one of those mud races, Gino, you could, they, were, they did like tire golf. You took the sledgehammer and like had to hit the tire across the ground. It was really hard and annoying, but it was a great workout. So Gino, Trinity wins, Giselle's a jobber again. All is right with the world. Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, and TBA. Dave Christ, Jake Christ, who, who is it? I think it has to be Fulton. Oh, Madman Fulton, you think? Hell yeah, the other member of OVE has to be there to have the counteract con, the big con. We have to have two big men. Well, and and they keep referencing that that Violent by Design has like a thousand people, or the design. Like they just, you know, a bunch of guys in yellow jackets keep coming up and beating everybody up. So they need, yeah, maybe it is a Madman Fulton or I love Impact because like my head is going so many places. Like it can be. It could be fucking Mark Henry. It could be Moose. It could be it could be Moose for this. It could be anybody. It could be something that makes no sense whatsoever, or it's Johnny Swinger. Like it's just, you know, like it could be something really fun. It could be something really awesome. Like nobody really is clear on the direction they're going with this. It could be Havoc. So I don't know, Gino. I kind of want to just pick the design because it's easy to. Oh, Big Show in the chat, Sting. That's a good guess. The Rock. Um. Who would you put? I, I guess I would put the design over, like, because you could just keep blaming, like, well, Rich and Sammy team with somebody else. That turns says, I say this with no irony. You're getting jacked as fuck. Vilides also non-ironically. Gino is a fat fag who will never do a workout. Don't listen to him, Gino. I saw you working out today. You're you you started going to that gym again. Remember you were talking about that gym? Yes, I did talk about the gym. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, does open so I can pay for the enrollment every month to go there every single fucking day that I work. Immediately after work, I'm excited to do this. But now I feel Sam McAllen has to get this big win with Rich Swan and hopefully Bad Manfold or the Kiss team. And I think the Kiss team would have an amazing contest against Big Con and be able to get over with Sam McAllen. That sounds terrible. Okay, good, Gino. Um, Alex Shelley, Eddie Edwards, Frankie Kazarian, keep up, Jonathan Gresham, Moose, and Yu Yu Yamura. And a six-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact title. Didn't they just do one of these golden six-shooters? Why are we doing another one? Is this the only way we can book number one contenders? And I don't like doing these matches because let's say a heel wins. That makes me think PCO is going to win the title. If a babyface wins, I know Macklin's winning for sure. That's why what it could be and most likely will be is that Alex Shelley, hopefully he does win because he could be a babyface or heel. We don't know entirely most of machine guns because, yes, we have Chris Saban, who's basically babyface against Trey Miguel, but Alex Shelley's kind of in between. We don't know entirely where he lies, Kurt. Um, no, I think, yeah, Alex Shelley's a good pick because, yeah, I mean, if they're going up against Macklin, it's just another easy person to feed. Gresham... They brought this guy in, right? They have confidence in this guy. He's the ring of honor, former... I mean, a lot of people's minds, he's the last Ring of Honor champion. So 
he's on that kind of a level. Kazarian's a legend that they can just plug into the main event to lose a match. Because what's next? Isn't Slammiversary next? Like, isn't this kind of a really important match? And that's why I think someone like Alex Joe getting his second opportunity, the second ever chance he has for a world title match at Slammiversary, I think would be perfect timing. And oh, okay. That could be their time. No, it looks like they're doing against all odds. They're doing it against all odds on June 9th. And then they're doing... Are they not doing Heart a Slammiversary? Japan says, Vilides, can you please tell Gino to sign the back of the just incredible autograph he ding me? Gino, sign the back of it. It's more important to have your signature than Justin's. Are, they're doing a Slammiversary, right? It's been announced because on their Wikipedia, it goes from against all odds in June to emergence in August. There's got to be a Slammiversary somewhere in there, right? There is a Slammiversary. I think I forget when the event is. It's on their actual Impact events on their okay. website. You can see like when Slammiversary is. But forget, I forget the exact Chicago. Date is it, it's in Chicago, right? Aren't they doing a big Slammiversary in Chicago? I thought they were. Or they just did their Chicago shows. So maybe I'm wrong. But Under Siege, and then I think there's one more show in between Under Siege and Slammiversary. I think Against All Odds is for sure June 9th. So I guess you can just throw a – I'm going to throw a Kazarian. I think Kazarian-Macklin, you could set that up really well. Kazarian's an easy baby face that you can just do the same storyline that you did a couple months ago with Josh Alexander. And Kazarian just sort of loses. I, I'm going to enjoy it. So Kazarian – but he wins this one. I know. Do you think Kazarian and I think Alex Shelley, we're both going with the Impact Originals yeah. that could be put into this world title opportunity and have an amazing match, whether it be with Macklin or PCU. And, yeah, even if it's like – Kazarian here it can be Alex Shelley next month you know like it's just going to be an interchangeable impact wrestling legend is losing to the new champion it makes total sense uh Deanna Parazzo and Jordan Grace this is the last chance for the impact knockouts world championship if Grace loses she can no longer challenge for the title are we sure did Grace resign I know you're a wrestling journalist hopefully you can tell me I have not heard anything about if she's resigned, if she's just going with the whole paid by date that she works. That's what my part of me is like, if they do the right decision, the right call, resign her, give her however much she wants, and just have her be world champion, Jordan Grace should win this match because Grace should always have an opportunity for this title. So she is, they're back themselves into a corner with whole she cannot get a title opportunity as long as Dion is champion. Is it a, yeah, is it a corner that they, like this is this is something they willingly put themselves in, but it's only as long as Perazzo is champion. So that just could give Grace time to do something else for a few months until Deanna loses it to Trinity. Um, at least that's what I think. Like Deanna got this title back, and it was like huge because like wow, I never I like they they treated her like she was the main eventer, but clearly Jordan Grace was doing her best work. And Jordan Grace could just win this belt, and we just go back to business as usual. Deanna can just kind of go back to. I am a main eventer. I'm really important. Malachi Black says Grace fucking sucks. You know what? Deanna's winning. Deanna's my favorite. Why would I pick Grace? And maybe somebody comes out and like cost Grace the match, and then you could have Grace kind of like chase Kylan King for a year. Or Grace is probably leaving anyway. Maybe she does leave for a few months and then decides, you know what? I'm going to go to Impact. Or Impact. I keep doing that. I'm going to go to AEW or I'm going to go to WWE. She's not really sure. She'll have some time off. And then she can come back after Deanna loses the belt, right? Like It, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that she's leaving the company if she loses. You know what? You're right. I think it was just my heartbeat. Like I just wish to see George Grace with championship again. So hopefully it will happen. 
But, you know, now thinking about it, it would make sense for Deanna to win. So she's winning, even though my heart really wants Jordan to win. And Mickey's coming back at some point. Like, who's to say Mickey and, and Jordan have don't have a little bit of a feud leading into Bound for Glory or something? Because by then, Trinity, Trinity will be the champion anyway. So Trey Miguel and Saban, did, I completely skipped over that. Um, Trey Miguel is the champion. Saban, much like in the world title picture, Saban's like the old guy that can just lose. I don't necessarily think he's about to become the nine-time champion. Um, or is he? Is this is this Trey Miguel shit finally coming to an end and they're kind of realizing this guy's cool for like a, a trio? Um, or is Trey Miguel's going to keep winning? Because I'm looking at Joe Hendry as they're using that, that digital media title to put this guy in the main event picture. Trey Miguel I look at almost like like um who's a great example like when Ezekiel Jackson wins the Intercontinental title it's like that's probably the highest he's ever going to get and he's just holding on to that until we get somebody else that we're going to really focus on well with me what I've been thinking about because like I've been watching the wrestling revolver like I've been watching some of their shows they've been having and we do have the rascals back we have Myron Reed we have Trey Miguel and Zachary Quinn so I'm like Maybe we could have Wentz showing up here to help his buddy out <laughs> to make sure he wins this title and retains his title against Chris Saban. So I'm thinking Trey is going to keep this title, and I think it's because we're going to re-sign Wentz finally. We realize you that think... you know, Kimberly was a liar. She's fine. We could sign him and help his friend. We reform the Rascals. Wow, you really think that they would try and like – this is the company that has Giselle Shaw. You think they're going to – be unwoke enough to hire Nash Carter. They're going to bring in Zach Wentz, the guy who posed as Hitler, the guy who allegedly beat up Kimberly. They're going to bring this guy back to help Trey Miguel. I mean, talk about heat. You're right. I'm with you. Me and Cornette would do it. Um, I do not think that's going to happen, though. There's no way, right? It's either Zachary Wentz or Myron Reed. We might want to wait for the Zachary Wentz for like a slammerist or a Balfour Glory. So we can have <laughs> a Myron really big Reed moment. Yeah. A huge moment at a big pay-per-view. You bring out the guy who has so much heat. But, uh, hey, I'm with you, Gino. I believe in forgiveness. I think that we should get some Zach Wentz back on uh, Impact Wrestling. I think that's totally fine. Um, so uh, main event time, PCO versus Macklin. I don't think there's any chance Macklin loses his belt already. I've been loving this guy's title reign. I used to hate Macklin. And, yeah, he's one of my favorite wrestlers now. Uh, you were right. I was wrong. And, yeah, like because – and they built him so well. This is something that maybe AEW should learn from. They took a year with or two years with this guy, booked him in a way that made him very believable that one day he was going to be world champion, that by the time it came around, it was so obvious he was going to win the fucking title. I, I thought it was going to be Josh Alexander in Canada. Like, I, I was down. I thought that makes sense. Like, they've done a great job of WrestleMania. I remember CM Punk was all mad. Like, it should be number one heel, number one baby face. Like, that's what Punk said. It should have been Cena versus Punk at WrestleMania 27. That was just the way it should have been. Miz wasn't the top heel in Punk's mind. But they did such a good job. Josh Alexander was number one baby. Macklin was number one heel. And when we didn't get that match, I was very sad. So I hope we do get that match one day. Um, we'll see if Josh is able to come back and give us those matches again. So uh, I'm going Macklin. Did you go PCO? 
this is a no DQ match. These two are going to try to kill each other, but I do think Steve Maglin's going to win. And I got to tell you, you're saying Maglin was number one heel. Again, we still don't know if he and Moose were friends all along. <laughs> I think that Moose is the bigger heel the entire time, and he was using Maglin. I think Moose was a bigger heel during that time that he should have had one more shot against Josh. He was using Maglin. him to the middle because Moose isn't even on this card. Like, what happened to Moose? Yes, he is. He's in the six-man. Where? Oh, he is. That's right. You're right. I was wrong. You see, he's so forgettable. None of us have him. In is he gonna win? No, he's not gonna win. He might. He'll be the second. Uh, he's my second choice. If I could pick two, it's gonna be either Alex Shelley or Moose. I'm going Kazarian. Then I'm going Gresham. Then I'm going Shelley. Then I'm going Yamura. Then I'm going Malachi Black says Josh Alexander is trash. We need EC3, EC3. as we lead EC3 Impact is champion. trash. EC3 might be my least favorite wrestler ever. Isn't he doing some shit in NWA still? Isn't he pretending that's a good place to work? He is the only person I kind of see occasionally in, in, on in NWA because like, I barely watch that show. I barely care about it. I did listen to him talk to fucking Malcolm, the big dude, about his match that he had with Alex. Where I'd be like, yeah, if I see a motherfucker diving at me, I won't just stand there. I'll move away like I did. I don't care about catching him. Gosh, EC3 versus Tom. He's fighting Tom Lattimore. So, I mean, they're trying. They're trying with this... Uh... Billy Corgan, I mean, he he's trying still. This thing had so much momentum when it started, right? Like COVID really fucked this company up because we we were crave we're always crave as wrestling fans we're always craving for an alternative. Like we just love a good alternative. Every now and again, you just give us something that looks a little different Ooh, than WWE, what? and we'll run with it. Thank you so much, Geno's Vacuum, for being a subscriber. Like we just need we need that a little bit and. <laughs> we we got it with into the Rock fire coast and around the globe this is nwa power and what a monumental oh, match we have here champion versus champion but just one title is on the line it's the Let's NWA go. television championship 605 time limit rule with this one 605 here. time limit rule to become two belt ec3 Two belt EC3. Are we just going to watch this, Gino? Let's take a look at what EC3's been up to behind our backs. What he said, final form. Tim Storm's still kind of trying to do commentary. I love it. Now, both these guys look great. I mean, they're both in great ring shape. EC3's definitely, like, you know, he's always had an impressive physique. Tom Lattimore, same deal. Bram, he's actually kind of thickened out a little bit. He looks better than he did in Impact, in my opinion. But, yeah, this looks really low budget, right? Like, the venue they're in is just kind of a gymnasium. What do you think? It is very low budget, but I think the action is going to speak for itself that these two amazing athletes, especially Bram, Tom Latimer, be able to prove himself here against EC3, a former world champion. Thank you so much, Aaron, my lungs, especially Bram. All right, we got ourselves a wrist lock because in a six-minute match, you really want to do a lot of these holds here, soften up the wrist. Try and use a test. We need good limb work. It's all about great limb work and footwork. Got him by the wrist. Oh, good counter by Tom Latimer. He hate me says at least it's fuller than an episode of Collision. Wow, got him. Good job. Good job. This is what we want: is real wrestling, slow, methodical pace, telling a story between these. What two happened to the studio though? Like nobody wants to watch this. This is in like a cafeteria, Willow Elementary. Why? Why is this happening here? Shouldn't this be at the studio? Right, cheaper for them to travel now. Into the fire. Remember that song? Like what happened to the show? This looks awful. It's dark in there. 
It's very dark in space, but you at least have enough lights to see this amazing action. Into the fire! You just have that song play during the matches, right? I'm falling! Yes, we need to do more cinematic matches that have bad music in the background, like what the old Billy and Decay. What a fireman's carry. This is a good match, huh, Gino? Again, it's all about the limit. We're all going after the arm because you need to be aware of the opponent down in a quick enough fashion. You got my shoulder. I'm a little sore. For, so for podcasters, I guess we'll call this match a little bit. Uh, we have five. We have less than four, or we have four minutes left in this matchup here. Both guys are still staring at each other. Not really sure who's going to make the first actual move. Oh, EC3 gets a goal behind. Tom Latimer counters. And another counter on the goal behind. This is some catches catch can wrestling if I've ever seen it. And great toss. Great hip movement by Tom Latimer there, Gino. That's how you get somebody over. That's right. He is getting EC3 over, but there God, they hold an arm. Get all this limb. We're going after that arm. Wearing the opponent down. And you know, EC3, he was on NXT. I forget who his pro was in season four, but. You can tell he studied under some of the greats. Tom Latimer might be outmatched here because he hasn't had the same tutelage that Ethan has had. That's right. He has not learned from Brian Danielson like EC3 did when he learned about him being the next Steve Blackman. And you also got to think, like, think of the company they keep. Tom Latimer no longer was strictly business. EC3, he used to hang out with Braun and Karrion Cross. Those guys have both moved back to WWE. Why don't you think EC3 ever got that callback? Or do you think he's so – thank you so much, Dark Lord Equitus. Do you think EC3 is content being this guy? He prefers to be independent. He's controlling his narrative. Is he happier doing this? Or should he just go back to WWE where Triple H might have a new idea for him? I'm sure he's extremely happy being able to have his creative freedom with CYN, being a part of NWA, just this big faction, that he's able to be the leader of it, help be the top guy, and help these young guys be even bigger like he could be. I would like to agree with TK91 in the chat. These morons are wrestling like it's a 60-minute and five-second time limit. Like, this is a really fucking – they're going at a very slow pace here. Like, this does – we are, we are like, in the first stages of the Iron Man match here. Why are they wrestling so slow? And I guess that's the problem when you put these two heavyweights in a match like this. They're they're made to wrestle, like, longer. They want to wrestle main events. They're not trying to do all their shit in six minutes. This is a, this is why they didn't like WWE. Yeah, this is they want real time to actually have a proper story they're trying to tell. They have to tell, like, a ten-minute story in just six. Yeah, I'm liking a... Like, first of all, this venue looks awful. Like, it really is making this hard to watch. Like, this feel, this is before they make it big, you know? Like, oh, Sheamus is wrestling in some garage. Like, that's what it, that's what this looks Malachi like. Malachi Black says good goatee on EC3. Oh, what a Luthez press. What a great move there, Gino. Shades of the great Luthez. Yes, we had a great Luthez and right before we had this amazing oh. Larry. Now a big splash by EC3. Larry from the great. Oh, my gosh. You have six minutes to win this belt. There's a minute left. Let's wrestle. Why are you posing? Because he is the essential character, and he knows the perfect time to pose. <laughs> great question in the chat by Aaron My Lungs. Uh, when was this uploaded? Two weeks ago. <laughs> this is very recent that this happened. So I think that the way NWA does it right now is everything's on Fight TV for $5 a month. And then if you're willing to wait a week, then they upload the, the newest episodes a week after they air on Fight TV. Is that right, Gino? It's more or less that way. But here we go. Bram with a big side slam. He might get this opportunity. Five knuckle shuffle time. 44 seconds left. 
Oh, he went for the face buster thingy that he does. Yeah, he almost went for that one percenter. Oh, what a counter by EC3. He's got to end this thing quick, Gino. We got 30 seconds. This is the perfect time for a double down. And we had again, we had a drop down. We almost had the leapfrog hip toss. We had a high spot there. We had double down instead. This is not a good match. This is the greatest match for the TV title we have seen in history. Oh, that was you moving. I was like, what is that motion behind me? That was you. I thought someone was behind me, Gino. Anything could happen. Let's see who could get the upper hand. That's it, the bell is wrong. Boo, that shit sucked. Why? Why? Because Tom Latimer deserves this easy Geno's vacuum sesame local indie show has a better venue in Elk Grove. Yeah, what was that, Gino? I saw Blood Hunter almost kill a referee in a venue that was better than this. What was that? This is what NWA has turned into, so we know that MLW and Impact are better than NWA. Yeah, MLW is even, I mean, not very good. The Battle Riot just happened. I had almost no interest in watching Battle Riot, and I feel like I watched it. God! By God! Okay! I can't do it, JR yelling. Like, most of my JRs are like, and there's some asshole on his couch at home. Like, by God! I can't do the by God part. If I was just saying that I was gay, I'd be gay. I'm just gay. So, Gino, not a fan of what we just watched. I hope you enjoyed it, though, my friend. Did you like it? It was an enjoyable six-minute match. That's why we're looking forward to matches that be longer than six minutes this weekend with Under Siege we just ran down. We have double or nothing, but we did save the best show for last. Night of Champions. Are you really pumped for Night of Champions? Because I kind of am. I know that we're hip and we're like, no, WWE sucks. But Night of Champions is going to be great, right? I'm hyped for one match and one match only, that being Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. I think that's going to be the greatest match we've ever seen between these two. We've had two others beforehand. This might be their greatest. Do you think the swerve is happening? Because a lot of people are so convinced Seth is winning that it's almost creating this groundswell of, well, no, AJ's going to win to throw us off. You can even build a story. You could turn Seth heel like, well, this is the second time I was supposed to win the chan like I was supposed to win the new title and I didn't win it. So you can have AJ win this belt and be the babyface champion and have Seth chase him for a while and have Seth go crazy again and cut that promo. I did everything right. I did everything right. Right? I, that's what I would love to see. That's, again, my heart tells me that AJ should win. I want AJ to win. AJ's the man. He's the greatest of all time for a reason, in my opinion. But I don't think they're going to give it to him. I do think Seth's going to win. That's my mind telling me it logically makes sense for Seth, the Raw guy, to win the Raw title. Even though my heart says just make the SmackDown guy a Raw guy and have him win the title because AJ should win everything. It should be champion, but he's not. And it upsets me, but I know Seth's going to win. Gino, we're going to talk about that with Kevin tomorrow night. That's why I avoided WWE. We went more niche. We went AEW off the top. Uh, still curious to see how this whole CM Punk thing plays out, how this collision fiasco plays out. I don't think anybody wanted this is also the other part of this whole thing is even if you put CM Punk on Saturdays, I don't give a fuck. Maybe other people out there will watch it. Maybe people will spend two hours of their weekends watching more AEW, but I wasn't watching Rampage. I wasn't watching Dark. I wasn't watching Dark Elevation. So why are you giving me more hours to watch when I'm not watching all the other content that you're already creating? I didn't understand that move. Um, so that was that. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. It, it's almost like 
there's rumors that SmackDown's going to go three hours. Like Fox is, they're renewing the TV deals, and people are thinking about putting another hour on SmackDown because the SmackDown ratings are, I guess, just as good as Raw. They think that'll help. Like, oh, it'll be more valuable to sell to you know to other networks if it's three hours because you know content is king. Uh, I don't want that. I don't want a three hour SmackDown. If anything, I would enjoy. Uh, getting rid of the third hour of Raw, <laughs> I would enjoy bringing back a Sunday Night Heat or something. Like I would enjoy like a, a Velocity. I was a big fan of that show. Of course, I probably wouldn't watch those because those are rampages. So I don't know. I, like a lot is happening in the landscape of wrestling right now that I don't think AEW made the best decision by saying because also with AEW they're constantly promoting and NJPW. They have collaborations with Impact. They have Ring of Honor. There's so much wrestling that they're exposing us to, AAA. Why would they then go say, hey, you guys like all the 30 hours of wrestling that are already available. Here's two more hours. And by the way, CM Punk's not going to be here. It is a weird decision they've made, and I hope we're going to get something big that makes people want to watch the Saturday show, and that's why I do still hope it's going to be CM Malachi Punk Black says AEW is slowly dying. That will get people watching it, but I also do want to go back to what you're saying about the whole possible three-hour SmackDown, which, again, that's all from like what Nick Khan talked about, how like we could have a three-hour SmackDown. We might move Raw to a different time slot, a different day, and even like all this. He's open to all these possibilities because all the network deals that they're about to have to change and possibly like have be outside Peacock and outside of Fox being able to change all this and be like, we could do everything. We could have it be like more adult oriented and not just be this same shit we've been doing for all. We could do all these changes if we want to and need to for the network and to be able to make even more money. That 1.7 figure, I think is the one thing that keeps on coming up. Where are they going to go? Yeah. Where, where are they going to go? Like where would raw go? I mean, it's, it's been an NBC product for so long where, what, it what, what network is out there now that's like looking for, television shows because from what i've heard like a rumor that i did here was uh, amazon amazon seems to always be looking for new content if you throw wwe on amazon including the network put everything on amazon prime you know i'm going to start paying 20 bucks or whatever it is a month for amazon prime now um which is more expensive than what i'm paying currently for peacock so kind of a that kind of makes sense put everything on their streaming platform they've seemed to figure out live content with the nfl so just plug that plug wwe on amazon prime um, what other options would there even be? Like MTV is Paramount looking for some wrestling. Like who, who else would even be interested right now? Because like if you're NBC, you don't have you have Sunday Night Football, but you don't have hockey anymore. You don't have the you don't have basketball. You have some baseball in your regional affiliates. What are you doing? Are you are you not interested in that kind of content anymore? Like what what happens? To, I guess USA is showing like more hockey. I guess maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know, you know, this is a, it's a weird time to be shopping around for new television network because TV is so different than it was five years ago. That's why we got to figure out where this is going to go, see where this is going to go with both Dick Cod and Vince McMahon trying to figure out where they're going to sell to and how things are going to change. And hopefully we will become more adult and be done with this PG TV for all because of the network. It's going to be exciting to see where things go in the near future with WWE. Well, Gino, we did it all. Tomorrow night is the whole fucking show. We'll be live immediately following Dynamite. Um, T-Con, yeah, he confirmed. Hockey's done with NBC. It's on ESPN and TNT now. There's no more uh, USA games. I think they have soccer. They're trying to push soccer on us. Like, that's going to work. So I'll be back tomorrow with Gino. T-Ball's over, Gino. I'm going to be – I get to watch uh, Dynamite in the comfort of my own home. I'm excited. 
And I'm sure you'll be there watching it with us, right? Hell yeah, I'm going to be right there with you tomorrow because thankfully I have off work, so I'm going to be able to enjoy this nice beast alcohol. Nice, Gino. You enjoy. He, he, he says, Gino, this might be your worst episode ever and that tying something. What? Gino, you did pretty good, okay? I, I, I know that there's some haters out there. I thought you did great tonight. We didn't yell or disagree about too much. I think we were pretty on point with a lot of this stuff, especially because we're wrestling journalists. It helps when I do a little investigative discovery. And I was curious about this whole AEW scandal. I'm glad we got to read some words from the wise Eric Bischoff. And, of course, Impact Wrestling under siege. Like, I really Aaron do. Aaron Mylung says good night, Belides. We did it. Love you, Gino. We did it, everybody. Have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow for the whole fucking show. <laughs>